Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and we are currently in a study series on Heavenly Authority, taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor is in the book of 1 Samuel, and when we left off last time, he was discussing the moral corruption of the sons of the high priest Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, at the tabernacle in Shiloh. So now let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he reads from chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, starting at verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant, obviously by command of the priest, would come with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand, and while the meat was boiling, then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, and the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up. So they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. The priest's servant would come with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. He thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, and the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up. And they did this to all the Israelites. So it's being done to everybody. This is greed. This is gain to themselves. They're guilty... And obviously, Eli has to see some of this going on. We'll see next time he admits to knowing some of it. He has to know this is going on. They're guilty of taking more of the sacrifice than their allotted portion. They're robbing the offerers, the worshipers. They're seizing that part of the sacrifice, the peace offering, that belongs to the worshiper. If you remember in Leviticus chapter 7, Leviticus chapter 7 And verse 34. For the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the heave offering I have taken from the children of Israel from the sacrifices of their peace offerings and I have given them to Aaron the priest and to his sons from the children of Israel by a statute forever. Remember we studied this? This was part of the provision for God's servants because they're there ministering because Eli is there ministering, and Hophni and Phinehas, because they can't do anything else, he provides for them through the sacrifices of the people. And they got the best part. They got the breast, and they got the thigh. The breast of the wave offering, the thigh of the heave offering, of the peace offering, was theirs. And everything else then went to the worshiper, that they fellowshiped with God, that they had food as they went to the tabernacle to worship God. But what are they doing? They're not satisfied with the wave breast or the heave shoulder or heave thigh, which was the priest's portion. Rather, they take the hook, they thrust it in, and as strong as that servant is, as much flesh as he pulls out, he pulls out the whole animal, belongs to the priest. They're taking not just what was rightfully theirs by God, they're taking more than they needed, more than their allotted portion, and they're stealing from the worshiper. 
and they're showing irreverence when they're doing it because they're breaking God's laws. Not only that, if you go back to 1 Samuel, verse 15. Also, before they burned the fat, the priest's servants would come and say to the man who sacrificed, Give meat for roasting to the priest, for he will not take boiled meat from you, but raw. And if the man said to him, They should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires, he would then answer him, No, but you must give it now, and if not, I will take it by force. Not only are they robbing the offerers, but they've stepped on the rights of God himself. In Leviticus chapter 3, I remember they're priests, they know these, these are the laws they have to study. Remember they have a lot less in their Bible at that time than we do today, right? This is at the time of Samuel, at the time of the judges. Leviticus is their prominent book. In Leviticus chapter 3 and verse 3, on the peace offering, Then he shall offer from the sacrifice of the peace offering an offering made by fire to the Lord. The fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, the two kidneys and the fat that is on them by the flanks, and the fatty lobe attached to the liver above the kidneys, he shall remove. And Aaron's son shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice, which is on the wood that is on the fire, as an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. That was the Lord's portion, so to speak. He would smell the fat burning. You know, the fat gives off a certain smell when it burns. They were to separate that from the rest of the offering. They were not to eat it, and they were to burn it to the Lord. Also down in verse 14, And he shall offer from it his offering, an offering made by fire to the Lord, the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails. Down in verse 16, And the priest shall burn them on the altar, as food and offering made by fire for a sweet aroma, all the fat is the Lord's. So the portion of the sacrifice, the priest received the breast and the thigh, the worshiper received all the other meat, and the Lord received the fat. The fat is the Lord's. In chapter 7 and verse 23, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, You shall not eat any fat of ox or sheep or goat, and the fat of an animal that dies naturally, and the fat of what is torn by wild beasts may be used in any other way, but you shall by no means eat it. For whoever eats the fat of an animal of which men offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, the person who eats it, what? Shall be cut off from his people. That's how serious it was. That if they ate that fat, they were cut off from their people. Because the fat belonged to God. Now, you see, obviously, we know today the wisdom of it, right? Back in that day, it was a matter of obedience to show that part of that sacrifice, that fellowship, it's as though they're having a meal together and the priest has his portion, the worshiper has his portion, and God has his portion. Now, does God need that fat? No. But we know the wisdom of it, why he selects that portion well, it gives off the aroma, and you think of the aroma going up to heaven, but he also knows of all the animal 
That part you shouldn't eat, and we know medically now it's not healthy for you. Fat is very bad, especially when you think about the clumps of fat that come off an animal that we don't even see, we just see the little bit that's left on the meat. But the pagans would eat anything that was terribly unhealthy. So you see the wisdom of God. For them, it was an act of obedience. And to them, to do what they did was breaking the law of God, and it was stealing, in a sense, God's portion. So not only do they steal from men, but they steal from God. Isaiah 7.13 says, Is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? It wasn't enough just to steal from the men, they're stealing from God, and they know the righteous command, they would be cut off, and yet they do it anyway. Notice that if the man making the offering says, look, let's do what's right before God. You know, the, the worshiper has to teach the priest, knowing that the fat was supposed to be burned. They weren't supposed to take the fat. This is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 16. If he says, let's do what's right, let's burn the fat, then take as much as your heart desires. So he's saying, take my part. Take whatever you want, but don't do this wicked thing. Don't take the fat. It's not good enough. Then they would have their servants threaten and say, you must give it to me now, and if not, I will take it by force. They steal by force. They're like the Danites. They take by force. The greed and the corruption, gratifying their own luxury, they were increasing themselves more than they needed they would take and more than the Lord had rightfully allotted to them. And unfortunately, there are some still around today in positions of authority in ministry who do the same thing, who desire to feed their own greed, to have more than they need, to steal from the people in their ministry. It hasn't changed. Isaiah chapter 56 Verse 10, it says, His watchmen are blind. They are ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs, which never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain from his own territory. Mine, I want for me. The blind, those who are supposed to teach the people are blind, looking to see what they can grab, what they can take. In the New Testament, the Apostle Peter says in 2 Peter, chapter 2, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. Down in verse 12, But these, like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who counted pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, 
having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. So it goes from Hophni and Phinehas to the time of Isaiah, even into New Testament times, and Peter prophesies into the future that you'll have these religious leaders who will teach destructive heresies, who will be immoral, and who will steal and satisfy their greed on the people. Paul says in Romans chapter 16, he talks about those who caused the visions contrary to doctrine, the doctrine which he taught. He says, For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. The Fellowship of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, is dedicated to sending forth the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ and witnessing his salvation message to a generation at risk. And it would be encouraging to hear from our listeners. All correspondence should be mailed to Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Also, let me invite you to our Sunday service. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take exit 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jeshub.